0: This is Authors in Focus. Hi, I'm James Reed, a fantasy author publishing under JMD Reed. The first volume of my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Hannah Louise Smith. She's the author of Awakening, Mythics and Mortals, Book One. How are you doing today, Hannah?
1: I'm doing great, James. It's been a really productive day.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah, must be what, the evening there in England?
1: It's about 20 to 8 here in the UK, so it's all dark and wintry, perfect for reading.
0: Yeah, it's still morning here for another 20 minutes. And speaking of morning, I like to ask uh, dumb questions to all my interviewees. And uh, so are you a morning person or an evening person?
1: I'm sort of a really early bed person because Monday to Friday, I get up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work.
0: Yeah, that's pretty early. I had a job where I sometimes had to do that. It's, uh...
1: You get used to it after a while. It's my first day back after a two week holiday. So it's just getting into the swing of things
0: yeah no the problem was like they would mandatory me on my day off and i worked like afternoons and evenings and then i'd have to come in and the mandatories were always like early mornings shifts so i'd like i'd get off and have to be back at work in like nine hours oh so, god yeah it had to be they couldn't let it go more than eight hours and they'd have to cancel me in the morning <laughs> it it would go against uh, the federal regulations on bus driving. But, yeah,
1: (laughs) it's... Yeah, it's like that here. You can only work a certain number of hours, have a certain number of hours between shifts, then you're good to go.
0: Oh, yeah, I could drive as many hours. I just had to have an eight-hour turnaround. So, like, I did... I have done, like, 14 hours of driving on that job, and then... Yeah, I just need the 8 hour turnaround. It's, it sucks so much. And it was, one time it was the 4th of July here, so which is, like I had to, I got mentored on the 5th, and so the 4th of July was firework night, and I had to, like, be at work at, like, 4 in the morning. And, um the fireworks were going off until, like, 2 in the morning.
1: No, of so. course.
0: And then I worked 12 hours, so it was a terrible day.
1: <laughs>
0: but anyways, uh, let's talk about you and your writing. So, so how long have you wanted to be an author, Hannah?
1: Well, it sort of like started during the first lockdown. I'm a key worker working in a retail shop, so I just sort like, I needed something to sort of like fill my time a bit between university courses. And it it's fairly recent, really.
0: Okay, cool. So you just sort of like you know, you just had an idea for a story and you're like, Well, you know, lockdown's a good enough time to work on it. Is that kinda of yeah, what you
1: Might as well go for it.
0: Gotcha. All right. So how uh, how has that been so far?
1: Well, it's been like a struggle, like you get good days and bad days where you sort of feel like, oh my God, am I actually like a real author or am I sort of suffering from imposter syndrome because like I'm not actually signed with an actual publisher, I'm self-published. Like trying to sort of like do everything for yourself, you've got to be like sort of focused on your work quite a lot and focused on your goal it's so easy to get distracted plus you've got people who sort of try to pretend that they have your best interest that oh i'll sort of like i'll promote your book on my blog or oh i'll read it write a review for like all my followers and stuff like that and i i've been scammed twice luckily i got the money back through paypal thank god but it's just like it's really sort of disheartening that there are actual people out there that prey on self-publishing authors
0: oh yeah yeah there's tons of them i get um i get about five emails a week from people asking to wanting to promote my book so yeah oh yeah
1: always- All um all like on my favorite ones where it's just like on my instagram account because i sort of use it for work and personal stuff so i'll post a picture of say my dog and then i'll get someone commenting underneath saying oh dm me like let's collaborate and stuff and i'm like you're commenting on a picture of my Siberian Husky there, buddy. So don't know what you're about. Yeah,
0: I I started an Instagram account this year, and um, in five minutes I had one of those. Like five minutes of posting my first like book promo on there, I had someone's like, oh yeah, hey, uh, let's like message me, and I'll get it onto my blog. And I was like, cool. And I messaged them. And they're like, yeah, it'll be this much. And I'm like, oh.
1: Oh yeah, it's like that's how they sort of get you. Oh yeah, I really like your work. Oh, I really like your book looks absolutely amazing. Like I really want to read it, and I'm like, yeah. How much are you charging? Like as soon as they mention money, it's just like, I'm sorry, but I'm not interested. There are some great people that I actually do work with. Like they've worked on my first book, and they've absolutely loved it, and. They've sort of like really put the word out there for me, so I will be using them again. But it's just like you've got the people that it's just like they won't take no for an answer until you physically block them.
0: Well, I just never got that far. I don't know. I just said no, and then I don't know if they message me again. I just ignore them. But yeah, no, that's just uh, that's that's just the life of uh, being a indie author. <laughs> you gotta watch out for the scams. Uh, anyone who messages, you know, you gotta watch out for anyone who just messages you out of the blue and be like, I can help you. Here's how much I charge. And it's
1: just like, no. Because,
0: like, the, the promotional sites that do work, they don't solicit. Because, yeah, they don't have to solicit. Yeah. So it's always, uh, you know. I mean, I know one author, she, I think she stopped writing because she made a widget that lets you, like, track, like, Amazon's, like, sales really well, way really better right. than they Okay. Because they got their new little beta thing. But this is, yeah. this is in 2014 when they didn't have that. They didn't have anything close to that, so she just made a widget that did that for herself, and then she just started doing it, and then um she just started like charging if you made more than like a hundred bucks on Amazon because she because the way the widget works, she would know like if you were using it and we're making more than a hundred dollars a month, right? So she'd be like, "Oh, you're using it, so you make this much, so you can afford to throw in five bucks towards me, right?" <laughs> so if you were making less than that, you got it, for, you could use it for free. I honestly don't know if she's, I don't know if she still does it or what happened to her. I haven't spoken to her since like seven years but yeah that's what she did i was like oh good for you and sometimes i feel like that's how you make money as an indie author you find something you can sell to other indie authors and and then, yeah,
1: uh, we're all like. On social media, especially on Facebook, I see a lot of people sort of like posting how much they earn and they're earning like thousands and thousands of dollars a month with like, what, 78 books. And it's like, oh, what type of books do you do? Oh, yeah, it's low content, notebooks or picture books. I try to go down that road. I have two organisers out. So far, I sold one copy and that was the one that I bought myself just to see how it looked. So it's sort of like, it's great if you want to keep like putting loads and loads and loads of money into that type of category. But I think Amazon is sort of cracking down on it now. They've wised up a bit.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that when you publish, they have, like, stuff about you need to tell them it's low-content stuff. And
1: yeah, yeah, they are getting really quite strict on things now. Like, I've seen so many posts on, oh, like, someone's account has been permanently closed, but because someone else has, like, tried to use their work or use an image, in like one of their books or something so like you have to be really careful especially when it's like Amazon is really your only main source of actually like self publishing i know people have said about instant spark as well but i wasn't really sure on that
0: yeah yeah well they just do physical books i believe mm. you know that's where like you can get your book into bookstores through um through through uh, them so i recall but anyways uh this is depressing let's talk about your novel awakening <laughs> So Christina Jones, she's just fallen headlong into Greek mythology and she's got this mysterious power and maybe she's not unlucky as she thought she was. Let's talk about her and what's going on.
1: Well, she thought that she was just a ordinary woman. It's her 21st birthday and she's just minding her own business. She's had a really, really bad day and she's just kind of like lamenting just how bad her life is. And then some random guy who looks quite scary like we're talking horns we're talking like a hood we're talking like black sunken in eyes like completely demonic looking guy just randomly chases her and tries to kidnap her so she manages to get away and tries to hide in this building and it's just like oh like she manages to get away from this guy just swishing her hand really she's freaking out at this point and it's like so she isn't really who she thought she was because she's grown up no family literally like nothing whatsoever and she just finds her place in this whole other world that she didn't even realize existed like we all know the greeks myth yeah myths and legends and like this is what christina walks into like she's actually a part of this world without actually knowing it so you walk through how she reacts to everything and she's sort of trying to figure out her powers and how to control it there are a couple of mishaps especially in the book um and she's sort of like figuring out who she is she manages to do that and like you've got this constant underlying threat of the demon that chased her and why he chased her and who he taking her to. It's actually a really good starter book, in my opinion, for the trilogy, but that's just me. I'm a little biased.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, we're all a little biased about our own works, but, you know, it does sound very, very interesting. Um, You described it as what? um, Percy Jackson meets the Mortal Engine? The
1: Mortal Instruments. Mortal
0: Instruments, okay. Oh, that's not the movie I was thinking of. That's a different YA series, isn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, I've never actually seen the Mortal in, um, Engine.
0: Yeah, that's the one. Like, that I or um, read
1: the books.
0: Yeah, that's the one. Uh, that one didn't do well, I heard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes more sense. I'm like, I was like, huh, this you just I I'm thinking like, oh, you're describing this as like a steampunk meets a like you know a urban fantasy, but then I'm like, but now it makes more sense. Okay, gotcha. So you got a <laughs> you got a romance angle going in yours. There is Mortal Instrument, correctly.
1: Oh, there there is a little bit of romance, but it's sort of like a slow burn, really. Like as as much as I love romance in novels, it's just like when it's just shoved in your face in like loads of young adult books and the the love triangles. I just I don't want any of that in my books because it's like once you've read one book series with love triangles in, you've read them all, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I've only ever done one love triangle, and it was in my first series. And I kind of felt like I had to do it, but then I also wrapped yeah. it really fast. Um, yeah,
1: it kind of, like, it sort of suits, like, the young adult category there. It's just, like, you've got to meet certain criteria in order to, co- to be considered as a young adult. Like, we all remember the uh, Twilight craze with uh, Bella, Jacob, and Edward.
0: Like, it wasn't that. Like, there was definitely someone, like, if you were rooting for one of the guys... Then you really, I'd have to question you because, like, you, like, he's a creep, but, like, he's, he's very, um, he's very predatory, so he's just praying. And so, like, from her perspective, there's, it's all innocent, but then you have his perspective and it's not. So that was kind of the, how, so it wasn't really a love, so it wasn't a true love triangle because if you were rooting for these two to get together, then you were rooting for a very, like, dysfunctional and, uh, you know, twisted relationship that would have lots of problems. Red
1: Bugs. yeah
0: Yeah. red flags a lot of red flags with this character
1: yeah it's like I'll sort of I'll read a book and there'll be like a character in it who's interested in our main heroine and I'm just sort of there like how how are you okay with this like if this situation happened in real life and someone acted like that there'd be so many red flags I'd be out of there that's what I kind of like about Christine Jones it's like as I was writing her character, I sort of thought to myself, how would I react in this situation? Like, how would a normal, modern-day woman actually, like, deal with this type of thing? Instead of just, like, acting the damsel in distress. Like, she fought this demon, ran to, by like, a safe building, where she hopefully knew that there were people, so she wouldn't be by herself.
0: And that seems very, what you should do, you know? If you get attacked, you should find other people.
1: Yeah, definitely put up a fight, get out of there and run towards a crowded place where you can get help.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Actually, you know what? I did another love triangle. I had another series where, like, I had a female protagonist and I wasn't actually sure which one of the two male characters I wanted here. So I just decided to write the series and just see how chemistry developed between all, between her and the two different characters. So it wasn't like I sat down where she's going to have to, like, choose. I just wanted to see, like, how the interactions went because that's kind of how I write. I kind of like to write and just see how characters interact and then build their relationships that way. So yeah. like yeah, I wasn't quite sure um which one she would end up with. Um but then uh then I got towards the point where like like she had to like shut the other guy down. She's like, "No, no, I'm with this guy." And uh it didn't go well. Turned out I discovered I think a lot of I had discovered a lot about this third character in that scene whereas where like it went completely off my plan. Like, I had no idea that this, it was about to go really super dark. I, I didn't outline it that way, and then I'm writing it, I'm just like, oh, this is going. It's like
1: the story writes itself, really.
0: Yeah, it did. It really did. I was more, or it's like I just suddenly, It just suddenly all these little bits of this character's backstory, um, just all sort of clicked into place, and I'm like, he's not going to take this rejection law. I've written him to be a nice guy. And he's about to get rejected after he helped this girl out. Oh no! Okay, well this is this is where we're going. Okay, so yeah, it got pretty dark after that. So
1: sometimes you do need a little bit of like darkness in your books. Like not so much in Awakening, but in the sequel, Darkness, which I am releasing next month. Things are going to get a lot darker. The body count is higher, and like there is a lot of stuff going on.
0: Awesome. So, um, is there a villain in this first book?
1: There is. It's kind of like, a, sort of a pyramid scheme. Like, at the, towards like the end of the book, there is an event where the group, like the evil group, Auxilian, sort of like, reads its ugly head attacks the charity gala. I'm sort of trying to word it without sort of like, giving too much away. No, that's
0: fine. You don't need to spoil it. And if, it's like, like the, if there's like a twist of the villain, that's cool.
1: Uh, well, you've got, um, Like, the demon that attacked Christina in London at the beginning of the book, he is working as an underling for this mysterious character called the Master. Now, we don't know who he is. All we know is that he's the leader of this group, Auxilion. There is a witch introduced, like an evil witch called Carpathia, who we see during the gala attack towards the end of the book. She plays a huge, huge role in the events of Darkness and sort of, like, what leads to darkness, and her actions sort of, like, change Christina's path a little bit, and so it's, like, you don't find out who the master is until the second book, and there are so many, like, twists and turns, it's kind of, like, what's going on, like, you think that this demon is just taking Christina for, like, this guy, but there is a lot more to it, and it's, Sort of explained in the book, and I am thinking about doing a prequel as well to the uh, Mythics and Mortals trilogy. So uh, that will be sort of like how Christina's parents met, to all the way up to Christina, like her life as like a five-year-old, where she is essentially kidnapped from the Mythic realm. So it's pretty good actually. Uh, there'll be a lot more explained in the books.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds, like, really great. Although, I just, you said it's, like, a pyramid, so now I'm suddenly thinking, do you know what a pyramid scheme is? Oh, um, yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if that was, like, a term that, like, like, if you called it something different in the UK, you know, sometimes you just, you have these, like, very, you think, like, everyone would call it that, but then you, you talk to, like, people internationally, and they're, like, what are you talking about? I'm, like, oh, I guess I thought. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, so I'm just thinking, I'm just imagining this evil corporation, and they're, like, yeah, you know, like we, you know, you you go out there and you you do your evil stuff, and we take you know fifty percent of what you earn, and that you know goes up the downline. So you, if you recruit like ten little minions of your own and get them to do evil stuff, then you'll get like a split of theirs, and you know. And I'm just imagine this whole like pyramid scam, and then you're just like that poor guy that just you're you're just stuck at the bottom, and you can't recruit anybody, and you're just losing all your money. You're doing all this evil work, and it's all just getting taken away from you, and you realize you got scammed by an evil organization. But of course you would because they're a new organisation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, think of it this way. You've got the master at the top of the pyramid and then you have his two sort of like second in command, Carpathia and another character who is really important in the second book and he does feature in sort of like the earlier Greek like mythology. So uh, his story is basically the background for a I won't say she's a main character, but she's sort of, like, along the lines off. Like, he's an important figure later on. Okay. And then you've got, like, sort of all the grunts underneath who basically follow along because the Master has this view where it's just, like, he basically, like, wants to take over the mythical mortal Realms and, like, be ruler and everything like that. And it's, like, they've been working in the shadows for such a long time. And then after the events of the Gala, they're sort of, like, a bit more, like... Out in the open, like, their schemes get really quite dark and nefarious in the second book. But the first book is kind of, like, an introduction to everything.
0: Okay, cool. And uh, you got book two coming out in December?
1: Uh, yes, hopefully uh, the first week of December, depending on how long it takes Amazon to actually clear my book.
0: Oh, well, it usually doesn't take more than a day for that.
1: Um, it. Depends, really. Last time, um, it took Awakening at least three, four days to go through, and there was, like, a little bit of issues where I had to, like, uh, re-upload the manuscript a couple of times, because I uh, had multiple copies, which I didn't really label properly. I just thought, oh, yeah, but it's fine. I know which copy it is. So I sort of, like, um, uploaded the version without the corrections in it, so I had to quickly sort that out, and, like, If you look in the physical copy of the book, the formatting is a little bit dodgy in some places because I actually lost the original copy when I switched my laptop over and like I can't sort of get it back up again and I can't fix it on Kindle Create. That's kind of like the downside of Kindle Create. You can only do so much. But it's fine. It's a learning curve because Awakening is my first book. So now I think I'm a lot more prepared for uh, working with other books.
0: Yeah, yeah, just, um, if you get that, just upload the right file. Yeah, normally it doesn't. Like, if it takes, like, the full three days, it's just Amazon is having some bugs in their system. Yeah. Which, it does happen. Like, I mean, like, sometimes things really can go wrong. Like, uh, I had a book got stuck in review for, like, three weeks, where Amazon, like, their technical department couldn't figure out how to get it to publish. That was how broke their system got. And so, yeah, that was, that was a nightmare.
1: Yeah, I did have uh, a little bit of issues like with the formatting of Darkness because for some reason Kindle Create. So I spent at least like eight to ten hours formatting my book. I was ready to go, and for some reason it wouldn't save, so I lost all that work but I sort of luckily managed to sort it out without the help of the Amazon representatives because they can only do so much. And I need to sort of contact them about um, expanding distribution. It seems not to be a problem for the second book when I had a look, but for my first book, for some reason, it just won't let me do that. And I'd like to sort of expand my territories a little bit more.
0: Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah I mean, I just have to work with Amazon publishing. Their customer service can be, they're very friendly, but sometimes they, have no idea what they're doing
1: yeah they are a little bit useless
0: like they they send me stuff and then i get contradicted information from other departments from amazon before so yeah but you know they're they're very helpful just not necessarily useful (laughs) but anyway so uh where can our listeners connect with you on the internet
1: well i'm on facebook i have my own author page and my personal facebook page as well so if anyone wants to like drop me a message or write on my author page uh there are plenty of updates on my author page i'm sort of like using that a little bit more now um i'm available on tiktok instagram but literally anywhere really on social media apart from twitter of course uh i've got two twitter accounts and i cannot remember the passwords to either one
0: yeah I mean, you know, you can just make a third one, pay eight bucks to get yourself verified, and then pretend you're like a pharmaceutical company and tank their stocks.
1: Or, uh, Coca-Cola.
0: Right. They'd someone do that, to, I know that someone did that to Pfizer, but they just pretend to be Pfizer, and they drop Pfizer's stock for a day.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think by by uh, posting, Elon like, Musk actually thought that through.
0: Yeah, I think that part's like, oh, you know. Yeah, like, you still probably should, like, verify them instead of just, like, letting them say they are. Yeah, that that wasn't a smart idea. But uh, I mean, hilarious. how many
1: people are going to troll uh, Donald Trump or Kanye West just to annoy Kanye West?
0: I, yeah, aren't they both banned off Twitter?
1: Um, Well, I think Donald Trump is making a comeback. I don't really know about Kanye West, honestly, but I, I don't know if Kanye is actually going to be allowed on social media for his comments, but I'm not going to talk about that.
0: Yeah, no, I just I wasn't sure if like he had actually been banned or not. But uh, yeah, well, anyways, it was a uh, really great talking with you.
1: It was great talking to you as well. This is my first ever podcast, so hopefully I did well.
0: You did very well. You answered questions and you were able to talk about your book, and it was a great time.
1: That's I rambled cool. a little bit without spoiling. Literally, my parents literally said to me that if I had any superpower, it would be like to spoil things. My hero name would be the spoiler because I just I assume that people have watched stuff or read stuff and I'll be like, oh, hey, like, what about like so and so doing this in this episode? And then I've got people like, yeah, Hannah, I haven't watched it yet.
0: Yeah, I've done that before. But uh, anyways, it was really great chatting with you.
1: It was great chatting with you, too. You have a good one. (laughs) You, too. Bye, listeners.
0: This has been Authors in Focus. You can find my fantasy novels on Amazon. Follow news of my writing at my blog, jmd-read.com. And follow me on Twitter, at jmdread. You can also join my reader group on Facebook, Fantastical Worlds of the Imagination. You can find more episodes of the podcast at fantasy-focus.com and wherever your favorite podcast is hosted.